Welcome to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino, the show that provides Christian insights into contemporary moral and ethical values and dives deep into how your faith in Jesus changes the way you live your life. Now, here's your host, Mike Sherbino. Uh, good evening, everybody, on a beautiful Saturday night. What a great weekend we've had. Glad you're listening in to Open Mic tonight. We're going to be talking about a subject that initially some could think would be a bit of a downer, but I hope it will be an upper. Uh, i got a special guest coming on tonight I'm going to tell you about it in a moment. He's written a book called Living, Dying, and Living Forever. One of the things we seldom talk about is death. And uh, how do we know what's going to happen to us when we die? How do we prepare for death? What do you say to children uh, who... Uh, maybe die when they're young. What do you say to grieving parents? And uh, there's a whole list of questions. What do you say to someone who's got a terminal disease and it just doesn't seem to be fair? So a lot of different questions. I'm really excited tonight to introduce our guest. Uh, it is He is Dr. Dave, not it. He is Dr. Dave Sherbino. And if the last name sounds familiar, that's because uh, he actually is my brother. And uh, he's on the line right now. Dave, are you there? Okay, maybe he's not yet, but we're going to try to get him. Uh, Dave, let's uh, let's try to connect right now. We're trying to log, trying him, on. To log him on. And is he there? And is he there? No, we've got a problem, Houston. Okay, so for some reason, we can't uh, get him on the line right now, but... What we want to do is, as we're talking about death and dying, we'll, we'll get him here in a minute. I want you to think about your question. Maybe you got a thought, a uh, question that's really been bothering you about this whole subject. It's a difficult thing to talk about. We just want to pretend that it goes away. The number is 1-800-684-2848. 1-800-684-2848 or 883-5000 in the greater Buffalo area. And, uh, and it's an interesting subject because... Uh, one of the things uh, my brother Dave has written about, and he's uh, written this great book, he's also uh, a professor of pastoral ministries and spiritual formation at Tyndale Seminary and uh, in Toronto, Ontario. He's pastored for years. Uh, I'm a better hockey player than him, but uh, we, we kind of got to go from there. Uh, Dave, are you on the air now? Okay, so we have some kind of, uh, there he is. I think we got we got somebody now. Dave, are you there? He's still not there. Whatever it is, we've got uh, we've got a problem. So we're gonna just keep going here for a minute. And I want to take a quote tonight out of his book, and it's a very interesting commentary by uh, Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs says that when he was 17, that he read a quote that went something like this: "If you live each day as if it was your last." Someday, you'll most certainly be right. And he said, that made an impression on me. And since then, for the past 33 years until he passed away, he had looked in the mirror every morning and asked himself, if today were the last day of my life, what I want to do, what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, he says, I know I need to change something. So, um, you know what? Good things to think about tonight. And uh, Dave, we're going to try again just to see if we got you on the line. Are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, glad you called you in. We, we lost you three times, but uh, 
I knew that right. the family connection would eventually uh, come through. Said all sorts of wonderful things about you as we're introducing you. I just about choked on it having to say that about my brother, but I did. And uh, you can just do everything, almost walk on water, but you can't beat me playing hockey. Your son, Joel, can, but you can't. <laughs> well, I'll keep trying harder. Keep trying harder. And uh, Dave, as we uh, began the program tonight, I was reading something out of your book. And uh, it was that quote from Steve Jobs, uh, who's when he was 17, he said, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. And uh, so then he asked himself, you know, if I'm doing something that I just don't like, why do I keep doing it? Because uh, we don't know about tomorrow. All we really have is right now. How true is that? Well, I think that's the reality for a lot of people. They don't often live in the present moment. Uh, a lot of people live in their past. A lot of people try to think about what is going to come in the future, and sometimes they become very anxious about what's going on. But I think the key is learning to live life to the full every day and learning to celebrate the moment. And then you you begin to experience the fullness of life, which I think is a gift that God can give to us. So as we talk about the fullness of life, uh, I don't think there's anybody listening in the night who say, yeah, I want to have a good life. I want to have a full life. And actually think of the words that Jesus said when he said, I'm come that you might have life and, and have it to the full. Uh, he also prefaced that by saying the thief uh, comes to steal and kill and destroy. So we have this tension. We want to live life, but there's death. How come we don't think enough about death? Or do we? I'm going to throw it to you. You're the expert on this one. Well, I've worked with people throughout the years, and I have interviewed many, many people on this topic and have written somewhat extensively about it. And one of the things that I have found is that we all know we're going to die at a theoretical level. So we all know that. And yet, at the same time, we don't want to begin to even think about it at an emotional level. And there are many reasons behind that. For some, they don't know what's beyond the door of death. Is this all that we have? And so you find a lot of people are living at a very rapid pace, trying to get as much done before the undertaker arrives. Then there are others who just find it really scary to think about what is going to happen after death. And so there's a great deal of fear. We also need to be aware that in some cultures, particularly in an Asian culture, it is okay. highly inappropriate to speak about death because some people would assume that you are almost implying that they will die or even wishing their death. And that would be you know, really in bad taste. And, and then you find a lot of people, and I think this is one of the main reasons that we are so busy living now, we, we don't think it's going to happen to us so somewhere way down the road. And particularly with young people, they have not been exposed to death as it was generations ago. We were generations ago raised in an agricultural environment, and so many people lived on the farm. You know, death was a reality all around us. And so you lived on a farm, for example, you would see animals die. Very often your grandparents would live in the same house with you or next door. And you saw them getting older and family members would take care of them and they would die. And so death was not something we were sheltered from in those generations, but it's a lived out reality. Today, 
80% of all who die in North America will die in an institutional setting away from their home. Now, a lot of people say, I'd love to be able to die at home. Other people say, I just don't know if I can care for you or provide the proper care. And even with advanced medicine and uh, scientific discoveries, we are living longer in the developed world. So and let, so me, let not, me ask you. I would just. Okay, yeah. so no, I, I'm, I'm listening to that and I'm registering. I want to go back and just ask you a quick question. Uh, so with only 80%, uh, with 80% dying in hospitals, um, yeah. What do you, what's your thought of that? Good, bad? Would it be better that we, uh, probably people listening tonight, they have loved ones that are on life support, and so we live with that whole tension. Do we uh, choose to go off life support and, and just pass away, or do we sustain it in a hospital? And uh, with a lot of the medical complications, you have to be in a hospital. I think people died faster, you know, 70 or 80 years ago because there wasn't the medical technology to sustain life. What are your thoughts? Well, a number of years ago, pneumonia was called the older person's friend, and many people would die of pneumonia, and there were no uh, medications to help that person. So with the advance in medical technology, we are able to prolong life uh, a lot more than, than ever before. And so what we have today are a number of people who used to, when they go into a hospital, they often know what their conditions are, and they would sign a DNR, which means a do not resuscitate under certain circumstances. We don't. I thought, that, that I thought that's what we signed when you and I go out to play hockey. <laughs> don't, well, don't resuscitate. <laughs> no, I okay, we're just, just giving a little levity here to the program because uh, it is a heavy subject. Yeah. Okay, so we yeah. signed that, but and no, why? No, we don't, we don't call it that anymore. We call it A-N-D, Allow Natural Death. And I think this is what our culture has fought against, allowing the reality of death. I mean, the writer of Ecclesiastes said there's a time to be born, there's also a time to die. And a lot of people have forgotten that second part. And death is a part of the world in which we live. And we have to ask, do we keep doing all kinds of procedures that will sustain organic life, but it's not real life? And so when medical technology um, was advancing, the idea behind some of it was if you did CPR, for example, or if you put a person on life support, the idea was that they could ultimately come back to a relatively normal place of life. It wasn't just sustaining people in a coma for months and months and months, and they'll never come back to a full life as we have once known it. But you see, a lot of people feel very guilty. If I, would to, if I was to take my loved one off life supports, I might feel so guilty the rest of my days that maybe I was part of the cause of their life and they could be sustained even further. And I think if you don't have a perspective on life beyond death, you hang on to everything you possibly can hang on to. And okay, so let's talk about that. Many, let's talk about that. Don't. Let's talk about that right now. Um, you've written in your book, it says, if we've not decided where we're going, one road will do as well or as poorly as another. The problem is the outcome of the unexamined life is rarely satisfactory. And if we fail to pursue God's purpose for our lives, we are likely to suffer from destination sickness. Okay, what is that? What is destination sickness? Uh, is that something about not living life wisely? Comment to me about that. Well, 
I, I look at life, the metaphor I use for life is that it is a journey. It's a journey beginning at birth or even at conception. And But before even, you know, from the moment we were conceived, God says, I have known you and I, am, I have seen you being shaped and formed. And then we go through this journey of life, which moves us towards death. So we're on this journey, but do we have anything beyond death? And so I think in the heart of everybody, there is this longing for something which is more. And I believe that that longing, well, it was St. Augustine, who was an ancient theologian, who said, God has placed within each one of us like a vacuum, and that's like a big hole in our being, and only he can fulfill the deepest desires of our hearts. So that, to me, that is the destiny, that we're moving towards this fuller life with God. It begins here in this stage of life, but it can continue beyond death. And I think if you don't have that hope, it can ultimately lead to great despair for many, many people. Okay, let me, uh, that's let why me jump in. Their days. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, no, no, we've laid a good foundation. And uh, I just want to give out some phone numbers and tell our listeners where we're going to be going in the next few minutes. Um, in, in the second quarter of the program tonight, I'm going to be talking to Dave about some of those very difficult questions. Uh, they're questions that people of faith will often ask. They've asked me. Uh, I, they'll say I have a son or daughter, and they've walked away from living uh, a life that, that honors God. And suddenly there's an accident. They die. Where are they going to go? We're going to talk about that. I'm going to ask Dave, what happens when uh, children die who are not of an age of accountability? Um, where do they go? What if their parents are not Christians? Where do they go? Heaven? Do they go to hell? Uh, do you believe in that? You might have a question. You might want to um, uh, fire in a question to us. That number is 1-800-684-2848. 1-800-684-2848. That's to all those that are in the greater Toronto area, which means you're a Raptors fan. Or you can call in at 883-5000 in the uh, greater Buffalo area. I would love to hear from you tonight. Uh, talking tonight with Dr. Dave Sherbido. Dave, just before we go to the break, uh, talk to me. How do we prepare to die? How do we prepare to die? You got one minute. What? Well, I think to, to die well, you have to live well. And you live every day with the sense of a reality that life is a gift but it will continue beyond death. And so... North End Church is a new church in the north end of St. Catharines. We believe that one of the best decisions you can make is to connect with a local church, to find friends, a spiritual family, and grow in your Testing faith. One, God two, never three. intended for us to live in isolation. So if you're looking for a church, we invite you to come and be a part of North End. Discover with us the purpose for which God created you. Sundays at 10. We're located at 455 Geneva Street. Coffee's on and the welcome mat is always out. North End Church is current and casual, but anchored to the scriptures. North End loves to let people know that everyone is welcome. Welcome. Nobody's perfect and anything is possible. Join Pastor Mike Sherbino every Sunday at North End Church, where we believe the best is yet to come. You can find us online at northendchurch.ca. 
Transformation is a new program airing on Vision TV. Transformation features Dr. Mike Sherboneau interviewing people dealing with the stuff of life. Hear the riveting stories of the well-known Joes to the ordinary Joes as you find help for this journey called life. Some of those are Kim Fook, Dr. Grant Mullen, and Dr. Andrew Blackwood. Anchoring this program is the solid Bible teaching that Mike gives providing you direction, inspiration, and answers to the moral dilemmas society is facing. Airing on Vision TV across Canada, watch it live on Thursdays at 11.30 a.m., Friday at 7.30 a.m., and Sundays at 1.30 p.m. Or go to MikeSherboneau.org and download your favorite episode today. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Not sure what happened. We had a technical glitch, and uh, hey, I dropped my brother. So how, what do you say about that? Anyways, while we're waiting for him to call back in, uh, we're going to take a quick call right here. We got Matt on the line. And uh, Matt, are you there? Yep. Thank you for calling in. And... Uh, What's your comment tonight? And we're going to be bringing up, um, oh, Matt's gone. Okay. Okay, so we're having oh. a few problems here. Dave, are you back? I am. Okay, great. I don't know what happened. And we had another guy call in. His name was Matt, and we dropped him. So apologies. We're going to find out. Uh, you know what? You, uh, it's just like the subject we're talking about. You never know when there's going to be a technical glitch, and you never know when life is going to come to a grinding halt. So, um, Dave, we were talking just before we uh, had that short break about preparing to die and, uh, and how we need to live in the moment. Uh, I want to ask some of the hard questions, uh, but first, let me, before we tackle some of those hard questions, Explain to me and to our listeners, what do you believe it means to have faith in God? Because we, we need to have that, don't we? What, what does that mean? Okay, well, we've got, uh, we've got problems everywhere and uh, tonight, so um, not sure what's going on, but we're going to be back. So there we go. Um, we have major problems everywhere. Okay. Hey, there we go. Testing, one, two, three.
Well, hey, and we're glad you're back. We've had uh, a number of challenges tonight uh, with uh, everything that has been happening. And so our apologies, but sometimes things are just uh, out of our hands. So uh, we're going to try and patch in some of our callers and also Dr. Dave Sherboneau. And uh, we're just going to wait for him to come back in in a couple moments. But as we talk about the whole issue of death and dying, one of the things that becomes critical is knowing who it is that we're trusting in. And that was the question I put to Dave. So, Dave, are you back now? You, okay, Dave, I think, I think we finally got you back. And uh, right. so we've apologized, and uh, you look better than ever now. <laughs> there we go. I Did anybody ever say that you and I have a strange and wonderful relationship? <laughs> I know. You're strange and I'm wonderful? Uh, that was, uh, okay, I'll let that slide for today, because with, uh, I think in all the shows we've done, tonight's taken the, uh, you know, the top of the, uh, the list for uh, technical glitches. Seldom do we ever have this, so... Uh, who knows what it is. Okay, we're back to the subject of death and dying. And we were just asking you the question, what does it mean to put your faith in Christ? And let's use that as a starting point to jump into some of these hard questions. So what is it, when someone says, you know, I'm a believer or I'm a Christian, uh, is that enough? We need to understand what it means. So explain to us, what does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus? Well, to put my faith in, in Christ, it means I have to know who he is, first of all. So I believe that he is the eternal Son of God who came and lived on this earth for a purpose. And the purpose was that he was the sinless one who could bear the who could atone for my sins or yours so that we could have a relationship with God. So I have to be willing to trust him and commit my life to him. And so that's what it is. I have faith in who Jesus is and what he has done. And he says for all who come to him, he will never cast them away or turn them away, but he will give you the gift of eternal life. So knowing that I have eternal life, I can live the abundant life or the full life in this moment. I don't have to be afraid. I know what's going to happen uh, after death, that that God will be, I will be with God, and that he will take me to be with himself. And, you know, one of the things that I have found to be rather ironic is that when we hear that someone is dying, who is a person of faith, we often say, oh, I'm so sorry. And one person said, why are you sorry? I'm going to be with God, and that's the best that life could ever give. So, so in other words, we have forgotten that. So I have put my faith in Christ. So... Uh, God forbid that, you know, I, I walk out the door after this show and I get hit by a bus. But if it does, uh, and you do my funeral, take my funeral, where are you going to tell the people that I am? Well, I think that the, the reality is that if we have this relationship with Christ, we have eternal life. So life does not end. So, and eternal life doesn't begin after you die. Eternal life begins right here and now. But the fuller expression or a greater awareness of it happens as you step through the doorway of death. And so I will tell people that you are with God. And that's okay. the promise. Jesus said uh, he will come and take us to himself. And he has prepared a place for us that where he is, 
we will be also. So that becomes our eternal hope, that we're going to live our life continuously with God. And, and in one sense, heaven has already begun. It's our relationship with God here on the earth. I know we live in a fallen world. There's lots mm-hmm. of things that are really messed up, things that are really difficult. But God has promised that he has creating a new heaven and a new earth. And we shall so, live with him. Okay, and that so let me, ask, let me ask you the next sticker, okay? So okay. let's say, as your brother, um, let's say, uh, you know what, I've been professing to follow Jesus, but for the last year and a half, everyone knows I've gone off the rails. I've started to uh, do horrific things. Uh, I'm not living the Christian life, and that proverbial bus hits me. What's going to happen then? Okay, am I with the Lord or am I not? Am I in heaven or am I in hell? Because a lot of times people ask that question, Dave. I get it as a pastor. You know, someone will come and they'll say, will you take the funeral from my son or daughter? And, you know, 25 years ago they were baptized, but they haven't been to church for 30, you know, for for 20 of those years. And so there's grief. And I thought we could just talk about some of these tough ones tonight. Yeah, well, and those are hard questions because they're so emotionally latent, and it deals with people's life and their eternity. And so one of the things I think that is important to realize is that all of us get off the rails. None of us have a perfect life. And I think one of the dangers is in that question is that people think, if I follow all the rules and regulations, then I'm going to be okay. Okay. Well, Jesus spoke to those people before they were called Pharisees. They were very religious people. But they didn't have that intimacy in a relationship with God. So one of the things that I hold on to is that God calls us, and we respond. So it's the prompting of God's Spirit in many different ways that draws us to Him. Because the Bible says there's no one who's seeking God. So if anyone finds God, it's because God has found us. But there's another teaching which I hold on to. It's not so much how hard I work but it's that God perseveres with me. And sometimes he lets us go far away. And so there will be some, Paul talks about this in heaven, he said it's like a building. There's a foundation of our faith is founded in Christ. And every day we are building this house that we live in. And he said some build with straw and wood, and others build with you know precious elements, and they will withstand fire. In other words, an evaluation or a purification. But he said some will be in heaven just because the foundation is there. So it's the basis of what Christ has done for me. It's not that I've raised my hand, I said a prayer. There's no more that is even taught in the Scriptures. And people think, well, that must be my ticket to heaven. Well, that's not what it's about. It's having a relationship with God and and discovering how that can be meaningful. You and I have talked uh, many times that a lot of times people see faith in God as uh, a life insurance plan, you know, just uh, want to yeah. make sure we got, you know, all the angles covered. Let's, uh, let's just take it a little further. Uh, what about people who have said to you, they've said to me, you know what, very interesting what you're saying about faith in God, but I'm going to wait till I'm later, you know, maybe when I'm 70 or 80 and I've had a good time, and yeah. then I'm going to talk, and I don't like this phrase, they say, I'm going to talk to the guy upstairs. Don't like that line, but that's what I've heard. So what would you say to someone like that? Well, I think the Scriptures make it uh, fairly clear that, you know, today is is all you have. And who says you've got till you're 75? The other thing which I have noticed, and, you know, 
this was my mind but I was trained as a psychotherapist, so I worked with a lot of people in this field as well. And we have found that personalities get pretty set. And I have found as a minister that a lot of older people have become set in their way, for good or for bad, and their hearts are not changed at 75 or 80. When I look at Scripture, I have found only one deathbed confession, and that was one of the thieves on the cross. And so I've said this to people, there's one, so we never give up hope, but there's only one, so that we don't become presumptuous. And I think it is a rather presumptuous statement to say, I'm going to wait until I'm 75 or 80 and talk to the guy upstairs. I don't think you will. I think if your heart gets hardened, you won't talk, be talking at all. You're going to be uh, complaining at the end, maybe. Why Why these things happen? I want more. Uh, and I've also seen people who at the end have died without faith, and they struggle. And I've seen wow. those who die in faith who are able to you know, move into the next stage of their journey of life. So I Dave, we're going to we're going to cut in and take a break. We're going to okay. come back and take a break. Uh, if you can hold on, we do have callers calling in yep. now. And if you sure. can be with us, you're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. The number to call is one eight hundred six eight four two eight four eight. And in the Buffalo area, it's 883-5000. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your fears, your concerns, whatever, on the subject of death as I'm talking with uh, my brother, Dr. Dave Sherbino. We'll be right back after this break. North End Church is a new church in the north end of St. Catharines. We believe that one of the best decisions you can make is to connect with a local church, to find friends, a spiritual family, and grow in your faith. God never intended for us to live in isolation, so if you're looking for a church, we invite you to come and be a part of North End. Discover with us the purpose for which God created you. Sundays at 10, we're located at 455 Geneva Street. Coffee's on, and the welcome mat is always out. North End Church is current and casual, but anchored to the scriptures. North End loves to let people know that everyone is welcome. Welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Join Pastor Mike Sherbino every Sunday at North End Church, where we believe the best is yet to come. You can find us online at northendchurch.ca. Transformation is a new program airing on Vision TV. Transformation features Dr. Mike Sherbino interviewing people dealing with the stuff of life. Hear the riveting stories of the well-known Joes to the ordinary Joes as you find help for this journey called life. Some of those are Kim Fook, Dr. Grant Mullen, and Dr. Andrew Blackwood. Anchoring this program is the solid Bible teaching that Mike gives providing you direction, inspiration, and answers to the moral dilemmas society is facing. Airing on Vision TV across Canada, watch it live on Thursdays at 11.30 a.m., Friday at 7.30 a.m., and Sundays at 1.30 p.m. Or go to MikeSherbino.org and download your favorite episode today. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're back with us. And uh, we've had a few challenges tonight uh, from a technical perspective. And um, how intriguing that would happen as we talk about probably a life and death subject, the whole issue of death. I've got Dr. Dave Sherbin on the line. Dave, are you still with us? I'm still here. You're still there. Are you still looking as good as ever? I am. They had to pay me big bucks to Absolutely. say that. That's right. Anyways, uh, just for the record, I'm younger, better looking, and faster. But okay, you got all the brains. Anyways, uh, if you're uh, listening in tonight, uh, that's just a little friendly banter between two brothers. Well, it was all one way that time. Uh, we've got Matt on the line, and we're going to try to do a miracle here to hook everybody up tonight. Uh, Matt, are you there? 
No, it doesn't sound like it. Uh, Matt, hello. Okay. Well, now it looks like I'm back on my own. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to keep with the program, and uh, we're going to get Dave to call back in in uh, in just a moment. But as we um, as we journey on tonight in this program, and uh, as we're talking about death and dying, um, what I want to do tonight is help us to unpack those difficult questions that we have uh, and that oftentimes are never addressed. And uh, as Dave is, uh, I think, back on the line again, are you there, bud? Dave, are you there? Okay, so we've got nothing but technical problems tonight. And uh, yeah, so I'm just going to carry on by myself. And uh, as we unpack some of those challenging questions, we need to think about what happens when children die. A lot of times people will pause and say, well, how do I know if my child is in heaven? And we have some great scriptures. In the book of Samuel, uh, King David had really messed up. You remember he had committed adultery and uh, with Bathsheba, and, uh, and then they have a child, and, uh, and the child dies. And David makes an interesting comment uh, at that point. When the child dies, he said, I cannot, uh, the child cannot come back to be with me, but I can go and be with the child. He knew that one day his life would be over and that he would be connected with that child in the presence of God. It's a passage that gives incredible hope and gives incredible perspective. I believe that as we understand the issue of death and dying and the sanctity of life, we also understand the explosiveness of the abortion issue, those that are both for and against it. And those that are for uh, the abortion uh, issue uh, argue oftentimes out of the, the perspective that I should be in control, the woman should be in control of her own body. And while I agree with that, I also disagree with the fact because while we have to make decisions for ourselves, there is a separate life inside uh, of that woman as it is growing. And so it is a sacred life. And that's why it is wrong to abort a baby. But we see and we know incredible numbers of, of children that are aborted every day. Uh, one of the, the current movies that's coming out in about a week to two weeks now is called Unplanned. And it talks about um, an abortion that takes place. It's an amazing story. It's, um, I want to encourage you to go and see it. But what it has done, it has been a shaking movie for those that are pro-abortion because they're realizing that there truly is life. There's a heartbeat. And if you watch my show, Transformation on Vision TV, in a couple of weeks, we have an amazing uh, program that uh, features uh, uh, the TV uh, personality, Fateen. She's coming on, who really is an expert in this whole area. And she's going to be unpacking uh, some pretty powerful truths uh, that happen when people abort a child. She's going to be talking also about the pathway to healing for those that have an abortion, and 
you know, my goodness, we've got to stand there and help people. I'm not going to point a finger of accusation at someone who's already done it, but I'm going to say there can be forgiveness with God and there can be a new beginning. And uh, so as we think about that, um, I just want to uh, help you uh, process the importance of preparing your children for the subject of death. Uh, I want to encourage you that if, for whatever reason, uh, you have had an abortion, to know that you can be forgiven. And, and I believe that that fetus, that child, goes to be with the Lord uh, because they're not of an age of reasoning. And I don't know if, uh, Dave, if you've come back on the line by any chance. Are you on. there? Okay. Yeah. So we're trying to yeah. be, we're trying not to touch any of the buttons. Uh, I understand that the station has had challenges all week, and uh, Carly is doing her best to make it all connect. When you've been off air, I've been uh, talking about the whole issue of abortion, some of the grief that happens at people who've committed right. abortions. We're uh, also been uh, just starting to talk about the pathway of healing for that but also to address what happens to the aborted child. And I want to know if you could just touch briefly on that subject, what you feel happens to a child who's aborted. Where do they go? Because you and I both believe that uh, it is a living being, uh, that life happens at conception. Uh, and so just talk to me about that. And then we want to talk about when young children die. And, and we'll, okay. we'll shape some of the conversation around there. So jump in. Well, I think, first of all, uh, you know, abortion is a very emotional uh, topic, and a lot of people have lived with all kinds of guilt, wondering what has happened to their child. So it is my belief, as I look at Scripture, that life begins at the moment of conception. Is that life fully formed and developed? No, because our personality has, is something which is formulated along the journey of life. And so I leave that to you know, I believe that that child is with God and will be fully developed in the life which is yet to come. It's the same as at the other end of the spectrum. What if I die in old age with Alzheimer's and I don't know anything? Will I, what will I be like? I leave that to God because that is really a mystery that's beyond our capability uh, in terms of understanding it. And then I think when we look at children who die, and a lot of children die in infancy, I mean, my goodness, in the developing world, we know that many children die at a very, very young age. And, you know, it's interesting as you look at Scripture. Jesus said, let the children come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And I would say that uh, well, people ask this question, can a child have faith and repent? And obviously an infant is not capable of that. So what we need to understand. So how do we handle that? So is some of it hinged okay, well, on whether very, the parents are believers or not, or, or walk walk us please, around? I don't that think way. it matters. I think if you're if you as a parent are a believer, you have a greater awareness and trust in God for your child. If you're not a believer, you just kind of just hope your child's somewhere where they're going to be happy. But we can know that these children will be with God. And here's a very simple way that I try to explain it: is that. Faith and repentance are not the grounds of our salvation, but they're just connectives. They bring into consciousness the benefits of what Christ has done. So they don't save us, 
but they reveal salvation in human experience. Uh, okay. Since infants die before they're capable of faith and repentance, these instruments have no function in their case. So it's simply by the grace of God. And I believe that all who die in, in infancy or childlikeness are in the presence of God. And this would be true for those who have mental challenges and mental disabilities. Uh, maybe our listeners do not know, but we had a, our youngest brother had Down syndrome. And he was functioning, but not high-functioning. He would go to church every Sunday. Uh, he would carry a Bible. He didn't know if it was upside down or right side up. Uh, but he had that faith that was, you know, from our parents. But also, I believe he is in the full presence of God because this is the gift of God that he gives to us. So we're saved by the grace of God, not by my merit. And so repentance and faith just bring into conscious awareness what the gift is all about. And so for David, me, that is very beneficial. David, I'm just... Uh... Yeah. We've been dealing with a, a situation in another province of a, of a girl that we know who is now pregnant, uh, but a year ago she aborted a baby. And, uh, and this girl, while she's been uh, a friend of our family, would certainly not be, uh, nor would she say that she is a follower of Jesus. So there's an interesting tension. So if I look at that situation, you would say that the child that she aborted a year ago is with the Lord. Is that correct? Yeah. Because that, that child right. couldn't discern for itself. It couldn't choose. No. no. Okay. And I just want to be clear on that because there are people listening who suffer with incredible uh, shame and guilt and grief over a child that they've aborted. And I'm not saying this to, to lessen what has been done, but I also know that we need to live in the newness of life so that if we truly repent of that, that I just want women who are listening tonight to know that there is forgiveness, that God does love them. But we want to encourage people to, uh, to fight and to stand up for the right uh, of life, and, and especially for the rights of the unborn. That, that becomes so important uh, that we take a stand uh, for those who cannot speak for themselves. Um, and I think this ties, ties in with... Uh, the whole area of grief. Grief is really an expression of our love because we have lost someone whom we have loved. And that's our grieving. And so some of these young moms or dads, they can be grieving the loss of their unborn. And so I think this is where God's healing grace can be of help to them. And, you know, it's very clear that if we confess our wrongdoings, God says he will forgive us. And so we that's an act of faith in our part. I say, God, this is what I did. And he will, in turn, give us forgiveness. And we just trust in what he is saying is absolutely true because it's now, related to his character. So let me, let me ask you this question. Uh, this is kind of fun for me. I'm getting off the hook. I'm just firing the questions. Um, so the question would be, how early would you talk to a child about the issues of death? Let's say the child is six or seven and, and grandma and grandpa pass away or something. Would you take the child to the funeral? What would you do? Absolutely. How do you coach people? Absolutely. Yeah, well, I think we start to talk about death at the early age that children start to ask questions about it. 
Now, we know that for children, they don't think in the abstract until about ages 10 to 12. So they have to be really things that are concrete. And so we need to use words that are very appropriate when we're talking to a child. Keep it simple. Keep it to the point. Like we don't say they've gone away. Because they're wondering, well, when are they coming back? Or Exactly. No, so we have to use language. So we need to understand what dead means. So a child is watching cartoons on TV, and he sees, well, it's probably dating myself, you see the Roadrunner and, uh, you know, the Wiley Coyote, and they get whacked on the head and they're gone. And 10 minutes later, they're back up again. And they would assume it's going to be very, very much like that. So we need to begin to explain things very simply. So there are many books that can be helpful for children. Uh, you can get them through your funeral directors that explain uh, death in a, at a level a child can understand. But I would say take them to the funeral, but before you do, prepare them. What is this box? Why, what is the person going to look like? People will be sad. They'll be crying. Why, are we, why is this happening? Because we miss this person. And sometimes they're going to ask if you have a casket that's open or a casket which is closed. Uh, sometimes there's a half, half casket open, and they're going to ask, well, what happened to their legs? So they might need to see things and say, this is, you know, grandma or grandpa or, you know, whoever it was. And uh, this is part of their body, but there's another part called their spirit, which is gone. And so... You can explain these things very simply. I would say don't get technical. Keep it simple and keep it very concrete. But prepare the child in advance. What and Dave, then does the child want to go? You know, Dave, we're going to take a break here in one minute. And uh, I appreciate so much you coming on the program. Um, you and I are going to be doing a, a television program soon. Uh, on this whole subject so that people can catch that on Vision TV. Before we go to the break, uh, we got about 45 seconds. Talk to us about grieving. Uh, people who have experienced death, uh, how, do you, how do you grieve? How do you work things through? And I know you got to talk quick, okay? Well, I don't think I can do it in 45 minutes. I usually give a three-day lecture on this. But grief is the expression of our love. And so when you've loved someone and you have lost them, you are going to grieve. And some of our grieving is culturally determined. Some people say, I'm just going to keep it inside. Others express it through tears and sadness. There's a multitude of different ways of expressing your grief, but it's a sign of your love and your loss. And sometimes grief will be delayed. It might happen six months after the person has died. That's 45 seconds worth. That's amazing. You've been listening to Dr. Dave Sherbinall. And uh, he's written a book called Living, Dying, and Living Forever. And if you reach out to me at MikeSherbino.org, I'll make sure that you can get a copy of that book. Dave, thanks for uh, being with us on the show tonight. Thanks for your help. And uh, yeah, keep your stick on the ice, okay? We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. And uh, we'll be right back for the final uh, couple minutes of Open Mic tonight right after this break. Transformation is a new program airing on Vision TV. Transformation features Dr. Mike Sherbino interviewing people dealing with the stuff of life. Hear the riveting stories of the well-known Joes to the ordinary Joes as you find help for this journey called life. Some of those are Kim Fook, Dr. Grant Mullen, and Dr. Andrew Blackwood. 
Anchoring this program is the solid Bible teaching that Mike gives providing you direction, inspiration, and answers to the moral dilemmas society is facing. Airing on Vision TV across Canada, watch it live on Thursdays at 11.30 a.m., Friday at 7.30 a.m., and Sundays at 1.30 p.m. Or go to MikeSherbineau.org and download your favorite episode today. North End Church is a new church in the north end of St. Catharines. We believe that one of the best decisions you can make is to connect with a local church, to find friends, a spiritual family, and grow in your faith. God never intended for us to live in isolation, so if you're looking for a church, we invite you to come and be a part of North End. Discover with us the purpose for which God created you. Sundays at 10, we're located at 455 Geneva Street. Coffee's on and the welcome mat is always out. North End Church is current and casual, but anchored to the scriptures. North End loves to let people know that everyone is welcome Welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Join Pastor Mike Sherbino every Sunday at North End Church, where we believe the best is yet to come. You can find us online at northendchurch.ca. Welcome back to Open Mike with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800 684 2848 or 883 5000. Hey, we're glad you're back with us for the uh, final 15 minutes of the program tonight. Again, our apologies. Uh, I know a couple people called in and we just couldn't make the connection. But actually, I think the, uh, the calls are working. So if uh, for whatever reason you want to call in and uh, maybe you have a question, we'll try to get you on. You know, as we talk about the whole thing of dying, that subject that's so evasive and at times we just don't want to bring it up. Um, I mean, when I go play hockey, guys aren't talking about that, except if somebody uh, died on the ice. And uh, we, we just want to stay away from that. And I understand that. But as someone said, you can't really live until you take time to think about how you're going to die. And uh, so tonight on Open Mic, I thought we'd go down that painful road, uh, realizing that some of you are in a situation right now where Perhaps you're listening to this program and you're en route to a hospital to be with a loved one. Or maybe you've had a, a loved one that has just passed away or someone is uh, anticipating death. We're all waiting to die. That's the reality. We don't know when the time will come. But Jesus had a lot to say about how we choose to live. And as David uh, shared earlier in the program, he wants us to know the fullness of life so that we will not miss out on all that God has for us. I believe it is so easy to be deceived with a lot of placebos, a lot of counterfeits that look like if we can touch it, if we can feel it, uh, then it's got to be real. But how often when we get that certain thing, uh, we just say, oh, it just didn't satisfy. There's something that happens when we live a life that keeps Jesus at the center. And if there's a, a scripture tonight that could anchor our thoughts as we come into the last uh, six or seven minutes of the program tonight. It's a passage of scripture that, that I want to teach tomorrow at North End Church. I hope you'll join us at 10 o'clock. But it, it's a passage of where Jesus gets up early in the morning uh, in Mark chapter 1. He had an incredibly busy day. And I want to use this passage to close our show with because as we talk about We've been talking about death. How, now let's just talk about living. How is it that we live? How is it that we plan out our life? And one of the first things we read about Jesus in Mark chapter 1, verse uh, 35, it says, Rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and that's where he prayed. 
And then the disciples are looking all over for him, say, where did Jesus go? And all the pressure, and they say, Jesus, Jesus, come on, we got to respond. The people are looking for you. And Jesus says kind of like the darndest thing. You would think that if you had a crowd of people wanting to see you, that you'd go down and talk to them. But he said to the disciples, no, we need to move on. I've got other work to do. How did Jesus know that he needed to move on and not address uh, the issue that was right there, the huge opportunity to speak to a big group of fans? It was because he prayed. And he started the day with prayer, and he was listening for God. He was listening for his direction. And can I encourage you, as you think about living life well, to take a few moments to pray, to do that daily, and just to be still and to listen for God's voice. I do believe that God speaks. He speaks through his word. Sometimes his Holy Spirit will speak to us through uh, other friends, people who love God. They'll come and say, you know what? I believe that uh, I can recognize things happening in your life, and you need to be sensitive to this. And so I've had friends speak into my life, but I've also just at times just had the nudge of God saying, just to be still. Don't go down that route, but hit the pause button. I got something else for you. So what did Jesus do? He left the crowd, and he goes off in another direction. And when he's going in that direction, wouldn't you know it, someone who was a discard of life, a leper. And in those days, if you had leprosy, you had to live outside of the, uh, the city. You lived in a leper colony. Uh, you could not touch. Uh, you could not go and see any of your friends. And if people were close to you, you had to yell out, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. So imagine the shame and the guilt that was associated with all of that. But Jesus had been praying. He was listening to his heavenly father. And he said to his disciples, we need to go somewhere else. And as they're walking down the road, surrounded by all sorts of people, Mark writes that a leper came to him and implored him. And kneeling said, if you will, you can make me clean. And it said that Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with pity. And I want to suggest that if you and I are to live life well, We need to ask that God would help us to be people who are moved by compassion. I was blown away with uh, what was on McLean's magazine this weekend, uh, well, this week. I just saw it yesterday for the first time. But the whole front page says that Canada needs to have compassion. And it says, if we don't have compassion, we are doomed. Wow, what a powerful statement. And so we come and we see that, you know, that statement was uh, exemplified in the life of Jesus. He was someone that was moved by compassion. And, and what does compassion look like? Now, would you think about this as you think about living well? Let's learn from the life of Jesus. So in order to be compassionate, we need to be listening to our Heavenly Father. And, and Jesus does that as he prays. But the second thing is that as he is confronted with a leper, he has a choice. He can either move on or he can stop. I wonder how often in your journey you've been confronted by someone who had a need, but you've been in a hurry. And uh, I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm saying this so that you and I can live better the next time. And Jesus, though, is confronted with a leper. I'm so glad that he didn't pull out his day timer. He didn't look and say, you know, sorry, I can't talk to you right now. 
but I can make an appointment for three weeks from now. Can you come back then? No, he pauses and he looks at the person and it says, he listens to what the leper says and he says, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, I don't know what the peril is for a leper today. Maybe it's someone who is going through a breakup. Maybe it's that person who's had an abortion. Maybe it's a person who's addicted. Maybe it's a person who just feels like I'm an outcast from society. But it says that when Jesus heard the request, he was moved with compassion. I want to encourage you as we head into the rest of this weekend to be people who are moved by compassion, to listen to God's nudge and to follow it. And you will live well. And don't come to the end of the road with regrets. Choose now to start to listen to Jesus and you'll never, you'll never be disappointed. Thanks for listening to Open Mic. I'm Mike Sherbino. Apologize for those technical difficulties. We'll try to have them fixed for next week. And hey, you can always check me out at mikesherbino.org. We have an online community that's there to help you, to be your friend. Go to mikesherbino.org. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.